Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 network.
the entirety of the Senate as conservatives, independents, etc. We expect the entirety of the Senate to the left for tearing down American history, right? And the people who are tearing down statues, the people who are trying to rewrite American history, the people who are trying to say that America has no history, they are trying to say with the 1619 project that America found a way from the 1619. So these people are trying to kind of rewrite American history and they're trying to rewrite these black people. So now, the green thing comes up, and this is a real part of American history. This is a 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 Thank you. 
and we can't be look at how bad it is in Baltimore, look at how bad it is in Philly, look at how bad it is in Detroit, look how bad it is in Chicago, but we're not willing to make the investment in these communities. And I think that's the message. Um, and that's the point that I think is very satisfying to make, you know? Um, and, and I think it's a very valid point. And I think that a lot of conservatives are making this they don't realize that what we are doing right now, we're not necessarily going to see the truth of immediately. Anybody who knows anything about politics knew that when they're investing in the truth, they're investing in the truth, and we're talking 10, 15, 10, 30 years from now, because that race would always be plus 15 or 20 years, and then they would be plus 15 or 20 years, whatever it was. Was it unbelievable? Absolutely. Do you need to invest? For Tim and Candace, 
Take your questions, and as usual, folks, they gave me a list of the people I'm going to call on. So, uh, Jonathan, Associated Press. And if you think there's a reason why he has a pre-approved list of people to call on, this is what happens when he goes off script. Why are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President? I said, what I said was, let's get it straight. I said, what will change their behavior is that the rest of the world reacts to them and it diminishes their standing in the world. So how does that account to a constructive meeting as President President Putin? You don't understand that, you're in the wrong business. 
Just an angry old man. All right. Look, I want to bring in Bobby Barak, uh, politics and sports writer at Outkick.com. So, Bobby, look, uh, I, I want to ask you a question. I, I want to get, first of all, before I go into the questions, what is just your reaction to Biden snapping at the CNN reporter? Rob, first of all, thanks for having me. You know what that reminds me of? When you're in, like, seventh grade and you prepared all night to cheat for a science test, and the answers on your cheat sheet are different than the answers the teacher gave you for the test. Like, because when you're cheating on a test, you got to follow that script line for line. And if the questions the teacher puts on the test are different than the study guide, you're lost. You're going to fail. That's exactly what Biden did here when they had a different reporter call on him. I believe that was CNN's Caitlin Collins. He was just lost, Rob, not being able to stick to his script. He just knows he's going to fail. By the way, what is he so mad about? Because she asked a question? Isn't that his job to answer questions? This guy acted like he asked some offensive or she asked some rude, offensive question. Mm -hmm. She asked a question that the media hacks that were asking questions before her should have asked Biden off the top. I mean, as a country, we deserve an answer for that one. And I don't think we're going to get it, Rob, because I'm pretty sure Caitlin Collins' boss at CNN are probably going to say, hey, next time, take it easy on Biden. Don't be so harsh. Yeah, probably. You know, you know, don't be so harsh to our guy. And you know why Biden's probably so mad is because he was on his way to a nap and she ruined it. She made him late for his nap. That was what was going on there. Um, and it's really funny. So we see this situation with him snapping at Caitlin Collins over at CNN. Um, you know, we see the flashcards that he has. We see the list of pre-approved reporters. Remember, um, in the, the first press conference that he did that he had to get pressured into doing, he had a literal Facebook. He had a book with the faces of the reporters that he was able to call on. You know, look, it, it's all a joke. But I want to ask you another question. So do you think that this clip and, you know, this sparked a lot of the sort of blue check, you know, uh, jur- journalist Twitterati outrage? They said, well, he shouldn't, you know, be talking to a reporter like this because remember, you know, this is supposed to be the good guy now. We're going to help you out. Right. So do you think that this indicates that the tongue bath from the media for Biden is going to be over? Or was this just a blip? Do you think that they're just going to go back uh, to covering for him full time? They're absolutely going to cover for me because here's the interesting thing, Rob. Biden's cognitive decline is so apparent now, but it's media and Democrats that tell us we can't talk about that. But what's so fascinating and what a lot of people are forgetting, they're the ones that started this during the primaries when they thought Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren still had a shot to beat him. They're the ones that initiated this conversation. So they're going to stick with Biden as long as it's advantageous for them too. I mean, if for some reason Biden says, you know, I'm not going to run in 2024, which he shouldn't, and he turns it over to Kamala Harris, then I think the media might come back and say, hey, that old guy was kind of rude. He wasn't a very good president. You know, he, you know, what he did, the pipeline, taxes, this guy's kind of a disaster, but they're going to stick with them as long as it's beneficial to them, stick with them. You know, all you have to do is look back to how they covered him as a first debate when Kamala Harris and him went at it. They all took Kamala Harris aside. Now those same media pundits are saying, okay, this guy is the savior because, well, he's not Donald Trump. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even speaking of, of Donald Trump, so back when Donald Trump was president, there was all sorts of speculating about his mental faculties, um, cognitive, okay. like all of that other stuff. So that was an open and honest conversation that we were allowed to have. But, it, you know, honestly, when you said that stuff about Joe Biden, I was actually kind of taken aback. I was like, oh, I was like, are we allowed to talk about this? So now right. it, it's like really openly talking about the fact that this is a man in his late 70s, Joe Biden, and even having this conversation is, is sort of verboten, which I think is, is very strange. So good for you for bringing that up. And I think that's a real conversation that we should be allowed to have because we should not let the left dictate conversations that, that we are allowed to have. Um, so good on that. So I wanted to ask you a, a question about a new piece you got out here. It's called, at ESPN, Fear Gives Talents Leverage. And I know that you were talking a lot, we are talking a lot about wokeism. I talked about it uh, in my monologue earlier this show, how wokeism is just taking over um, all of media, most of media, which uh, you and I are both a part of. But I-, I want you to talk about that piece for me a little bit and just explain to me what exactly is going on at ESPN uh, with the whole wokeism. Yeah, so in short, ESPN is hemorrhaging viewers for several reasons. One cable or cord cutting, people switching to streaming, mm-hmm. people interest in sports is down. And also, just as you said, they've stuck a middle finger at half the country. So the half the country is okay, we're out. So in that process, their obvious result is they need to slash salaries. So people that were making maybe 1.2 million a year hosting Sports Center might be down to five hundred thousand dollars. But the problem is, is that they're afraid to do that to certain people. And you got them up there on the screen, Bomani Jones, because Rob. If they cut Bomani Jones and, you know, woke loser Stan Brett, who's on there now, they're going to instantly go to the New York Times, Katie Nolan, and say, they cut me, they suspended me, they let me go because they're racist. They let me go because I called Donald Trump a white supremacist. But vice versa, Trey Wingo, they have no problem letting him go because what's he going to say? Oh, they got rid of me because I said Brett Favre is better than Aaron Rodgers. That narrative doesn't fear by them. I mean, I've talked to sources all the time, and they say the biggest thing, Bobby, is is that these executives don't want a disgruntled former employee Mm -hmm. to go on record and say, oh, I was treated bad because of my race, my gender, my beliefs. So fear gives them leverage now. Five years ago, an ESPN talent had leverage if they had an offer from NBC, CBS, or Fox. Now they have leverage if ESPN is afraid of the narrative they can spin upon being let go. You know, that is such an, that's a very interesting perspective because we can see it now. Um, we can see it now with everything that goes on. You know, somebody, uh, one of their black or female or both anchors gets fired. They run to the New York Times and then all of a sudden ESPN is racist. So that's a, that's a really bold perspective and, and good for you. you got a lot of bold perspectives. I need to start reading more of your stuff. This, this is good stuff. Um, okay, so, so last question. And, and I want to go to this. So there is a new commercial from Indeed that is encouraging people to use preferred pronouns. I would you look at this. Hi. No. Hi, I'm Taylor. Hi, I'm here for my interview. I'm Dorian and I use the pronouns he, him. Are you comfortable sharing how you would like to be addressed? Thank you for asking. I use they, them pronouns. Great. Well, I'd love to hear more about your skill set. 
Okay, look, so before I get your reaction to this, I want to give mine, because this is the first time that I've ever seen this. And as I said in the monologue, mm -hmm. everybody knows I'm a gay guy. I just don't um, identify with the far left LGBTQIA, all of this other stuff. When I see that commercial, um, it, it makes me actually feel bad for these people because it's not about getting a job and it's not about um, what you have to bring to the table professionally. This is all about identities and pronouns and all of this other stuff. And, and I think that it turns, you know, look, LGBT, whatever, it turns these people into these victims and identitarians who see the entire world through the lens of whatever their identity is. So that's just my two cents. I had to get that out. What do you think, Bobby? Well, what you just said to me, I think is powerful because what you told me is, okay, you're a gay man, but you're Rob Smith. You want to be known as Rob Smith. You don't want to be known as a gay man. And that this whole pronoun debate, I believe that's what it is. They say it's a service to the LGBTQIA plus uh, whatever you want to call them, uh, whatever is a group or whatever, but they're really denigrating those people down to just that identity. They don't want to be looked at as people. They're looked at by their sexual orientation. And Rob, that's a disservice to them because they're not benefiting from that. They're being told they're not an individual. So I'm just so happy you said that because what that says to me, some people say, oh, well, that might be bold. All you're saying, Rob, is you want to be known as Rob Smith. You want to be known as a person you are and for the things you say. And I've said this entire social justice movement is about minimizing people down to their race and gender combination. And this goes back to that ESPN conversation. Rob, I believe that those people at ESPN have strategically told their bosses, look at me as a black woman, as a black guy, mm -hmm. as an Asian man. Mm -hmm. Don't look at me for who I am on air. And I can't think of anything more dangerous than being judged by those qualities and not who you are. I mean, to me, that was supposed to be the entire direction we were supposed to move away from. And now we're moving back into it so aggressively. And I think it's so problematic and dangerous for everybody involved. Yes, that movement is not progressive. It is regressive. Uh, Bobby 100%. Barak, politics and sports writer at OutKick.com. Thank you so much for joining me. And you've got a big new fan here, man. It's good stuff, man. Rob, thanks for having me. By the way, Jesse gets a new show. I'm assuming a new raise. Works only four days a week. I mean, what do you know? Oh, yeah, man. Execs, we're listening. You know, I think we got a new fill-in. All right. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> I'm in.